Welcome to The Lab. What's going on, all you brainiacs out there? And welcome back to yet another episode of the Fantasy Football Laboratory. I am your host, the King of Trade, Shane Palma, joined as always by Spitfire Lucas Parrish. What's going on, guys? And no chemist Jack McGrath. Is this uh, the first time? No, I mean, the first time where he would technically be available, but just like, I think this is the first time we're all like available but just the scheduling did not work out for all of us to be there which shocks me because we are all busy we all run on completely different schedules and completely different time zones and this is the first time where we really had a a scheduling conflict so big that not all three of us could hop on at once i think that deserves kind of a little little pat on the back shane that that we managed to go this long without it but no jack is first time at in the office of of whatever internship he's doing with like uh, uh the cubs tv network or whatever um and so you know he's he's busy there and, and i've got plans this evening so shane it's just you and me it's just you and me which is dangerous because while you're spitfire i'm also a little bit fire and sometimes if fire clashes with fire it makes more fire and usually jack's the one that can kind of put it out but you and Depends i on the and day. I are, yeah right you and i are sometimes you know, we don't always see eye to eye, always have great conversations, makes for great content. We have a lot to talk about today in terms of the content. Unfortunately, I'm sure everyone has already heard this news. I'm sure that you've already hit up your waiver wires. If you've drafted, I'm sure that you know everything that there is to know, but we're going to break it down here today. And that is the fact that Rams running back Cam Akers has a torn Achilles and will miss the entirety of the 2021 NFL season. I mean, when I saw this news, Lucas, I... You know, it's one of those feelings when you hear about something that you just don't believe and you're literally like your heart drops for a second because yeah. you're like, no, 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 yeah, like no way. Yeah. And, like, um, how how could this happen, especially since you had just drafted him like two days earlier? Oh, man. You know, we broke down my team on the last podcast. If you haven't listened to that yet, do that, even though this whole Cam Akers part is now irrelevant. Uh, we had the whole debate on Cam Akers versus Antonio Gibson. Which of those two second-year running backs do you take the shot on? I'm, I'm taking Antonio Gibson right now. Yeah, you know, of course. I, and I made a TikTok, too, where it was like splitting hairs. Which two do you pick? And, you know, I got like a few thousand views. And then all of a sudden, I got like 30,000 views. And everyone's all like, I think the obvious pick here is Cam Akers. You know, everyone's trying to be the funny guy. Making I love the it. That's, uh, that's a me thing. I would totally do that. Right. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's just, it's so unfortunate, you know, and you know, people make the argument, well, this is why you don't draft in July. I mean, injuries could happen any day. Injuries could happen, you know, uh, the night before the season kicks off. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I drafted literally a few days before the season had started and I had taken Allen Robinson when he was on the Jaguars in like the third round and he tore his ACL like right into the game. So injuries can happen at any time. You can't blame it on, you know, you, you blame it on, I don't even know who you blame it on, the injury gods. No, look, look it it's the risk you take when you draft super early. Absolutely. I mean, I, I love fantasy football so much. I just can't help myself, right? And and that's kind of that's kind of just the risk you take. It, it's a risk-reward game, right? There's a higher risk that, that a player gets injured. There's a higher risk that they sign someone to compete with them for snaps, right? But, you know, if you drafted Darrell Henderson – in any of your leagues, I mean, there's there's the reward that you're going to see, right? Several years ago, when Kareem Hunt was the starting running back and what Spencer Ware went down with that torn ACL, if you drafted Kareem Hunt in like the 13th round, 
you had yourself the number one running back that season. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's that sort of, you had yourself a 40 point week one, right? It's just that sort of thing where, you know, it's the risk reward you get with drafting in July. I mean, inherently there's going to be more risk, but there's also going to be more reward because if you're right on players that start to rise up the draft board as the season comes along, we start to get a clear picture. You're going to get them at a wonderful price. That's where you're going to hit it. And, you know, I, I totally, 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 because since he was, especially since he's my RB1, I was going to take Henderson to have that safe key. Cause I, th- I viewed Henderson anyway as one of the more elite handcuffs to own, especially since, you know, you never know with Sean McVay in this offense, what he's going to run out there and how much usage each guy is going to get, uh, especially with Cam Akers not being the receiving back anyway. He was never going to get that PPR work. It was going to be Henderson. And uh, he went in the ninth round. And, um, you know, I could have grabbed him, but it was at that point, of course, I had pushed off the quarterback position and had to go with Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers. So I just didn't have the luxury of securing my own handcuff. Uh, but I did make a few trades that we'll get into a little bit later on uh, in that league to, to suffice for the Cam Akers injury. But let's talk about what I did immediately after seeing the news. And that was pick up Xavier Jones. Now, obviously, Henderson is the guy, right? There's no denying that now Henderson is going to step in to the role of being the RB one in this offense. I've seen it everywhere. People have him ranging from, you know, RB 12 in their rankings, which I think is a little bit high. That's insane. Uh, I I wouldn't, if I knew that he was going to have the full workload, as much of a workload as cam Akers, I still would not have him as high as I had cam Akers, And I had Akers at RB 11. So Henderson would not be an RB one. Right. I've seen him in the range of RB 12 or 11 to RB 24. Looking at my rankings right now, I have him exactly at RB 24. And that's that's where I want to talk about a little bit. I have not moved him and I just don't know where to I I don't know where to put him. Where did you have him originally as as the elite handcuff that he is? 49. I had him. I had him low. What? You're going to have to. I mean, you got to move him from 49. Like he's not staying at 49. No, 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 no. I just, I, I moved Cam Akers out, but haven't, I just couldn't figure out a spot because I'm looking like I could put him anywhere from 23, which is where I have Josh Jacobs to really 26, which is, or, or 25, which is where I have Kareem Hunt or 26 where I have James Conner because he's above James Conner, but I just, and he's below Miles Sanders. So anywhere from that 23 to 26 range, I think I can put him, but I just don't know where to put him. Like, do I like Josh Jacobs more than Jarrell Henderson? Do I like Chase Edmonds more than Darrell Henderson? Do I like Kareem Hunt more than Darrell Henderson? I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like that's the perfect tier for him. But I like part of me wants to put him below all those guys. But also, I think there's more potential. For, there's more potential for more touches than Kareem Hunt, right? And I mean, he's he, there's a chance. There's a higher chance that he's not in a committee than Josh Jacobs or Chase Edmonds. So it's, I just don't like, know. It's just, and 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 the biggest thing with him is injuries because yeah. he's dealt with so many injuries in his career it's been like almost impossible for him to stay on the field consistently I mean when he does I think what I saw through week eight of last season PFF ha- had him ranked as one of the highest graded running backs in the NFL period like he was just one of the highest graded running backs so he obviously has the talent you know that the you know maybe the Rams didn't see it and that's why they took Cam Akers well, but, I mean, they took him in the they took Henderson in the third round only three years ago. So they definitely saw it from him. But what you're right. looking at with him, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a situation of I don't know if they ever saw him as a starting like power back. Right. I think and similar to, to Devin Singletary, who was also taken in the third round. You know, he's five foot eight, 200, just over 200 pounds. You know, that's that's not a bad size, but like that's not great size by any stretch of the imagination. So 
and he's you're right. He's dealt with a lot of injuries, and, and that's concerning too. So last season, looking at the numbers, uh, obviously Cam Akers wasn't given he, – he, Cam Akers dealt with injuries at the beginning of last season. It wasn't really until week 11 when he really took over as the main running back in that offense. We started, we started to see him emerge as the main running back. Uh, fantasy footballers, I always use the ultimate draft kit, uh, shout out to them. Their ultimate draft kit is awesome. I use it for all the stats and everything that they have compiled. Just looking at their rankings right now, they have met consensus 22. So again, right in that same tier, uh, that we were just talking about in weeks where he got over 12 rushing attempts. Here we go. Week two, he finished as the RB 11 in PPR week three, RB 11 week five. RB six week, six RB 22 week, seven RB 26. And that was that. And since then he had never seen over 12 touches or 12 rush attempts in a game. Again, that's going to uh, be, even, a, that's, that's gotta be an average of uh, a high end RB two probably. Right. Yeah. And you know, maybe that's why people are putting him there. Like I would never, like, I wouldn't put him above Gibson, like no chance. No way. Not a chance. I would, I wouldn't, I put I wouldn't put him above Joe Mixon. No way. Because no. he's not a three-down back. It's very rare, especially in the NFL now, to find those three-down backs. And as much as I hate him, Joe Mixon is that, especially with Gio Bernard gone. Like, Joe Mixon's going to be on the field. Uh, who yeah. else is going to be? Uh, Chris Carson, I would say, is probably going to be on the field. DeAndre Swift is going to be on the field. Yeah. We want to believe that Jonathan Taylor can because he has the talent to. Will he? That's a different question. I still wouldn't yeah, put Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be on the Clyde field. Should be on the field. Najee Mike Davis. Yeah, Mike, Mike Davis, Davis Najee. Mont- I mean Montgomery, maybe I wanted to say him, but I still don't it, it, Tariq. Tariq scares me a little bit. And JK Dobbins, they also just signed someone new, right? So I what the Ravens? Yeah, the Ravens just signed a new running back. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, really? Ooh, let's look this up. Who did the Ravens just I didn't, sign? Oh, that'd be something if I if I missed that. I feel like that'd be pretty important. I know people are always reporting that uh, Todd Gurley is going to come in here to the Rams and screw everything up and be the guy that he was. But report came out literally this morning that said the Rams have no interest in bringing Gurley back, nor do I think they even have the cap space to to give Gurley anything i'd actually have to look up the the rams cap space because i feel like it's next to nothing and if that's the case you know we're talking about Darrell henderson here who people are saying is going adp right now fifth round xavier jones is going in the 13th round or 14th round or free mainly free xavier jones is the backup now direct backup to Darrell henderson a guy that i just made a video on i made a tweet about yesterday i picked him up in the one league uh, I couldn't get him in dynasty, but I picked him up in the one redraft league that where I had cam Akers, And, uh, I feel like this could be, I don't want to say this because people say this, uh, now it seems like they just throw this around who can be the next James Robinson. But I mean, if you're looking for a guy to fit the exact mold, I mean, an undrafted free agent that is coming into now, well, I mean, Robinson was a, was a rookie this season, but, yeah. uh, Jones served as one of the main guys on the Rams special teams. Uh, but in college, I mean, he was dominant, you know, Salvin Ahmed, Miles Gaskin and him were the backfield at SMU and Jones was the guy there. It wasn't Gaskin and it wasn't Ahmed. Uh, he had like 23 rushing touchdowns in 2019 in his senior yeah. season. Like he wow. was a dominant 
goal line back, back to back years of a thousand yards, over 1200 rushing yards in his last season in his senior year. He's a guy that I think could be a first, second down back. And you still have Henderson as a third down back. That's why I'm hesitant. Like Darrell Henderson to me is also on the same tier of reluctancy as a Leonard Fournette where, you know, definitely could have that role, maybe should have that role in the offense, but I'd rather take, or will he, and I'd rather take a Cortland Sutton instead of him and take a wide receiver and draft the running backs early. I'd rather take Robbie Anderson instead of Darrell Henderson and get my running backs early. Like, I really don't think you should get to the point where it's like Darrell Henderson is your RB2 and you feel confident about that going into the season, regardless if the Rams bring in competition or not. Like, I would not feel good about that whatsoever. Yeah, no, I agree. And and I, I don't like that. That does lead up to good points. Like Darrell Henderson, I, I do not think will be the, the workhorse back. Like we talked about that, which means touches are going to go to either Funk or Jones or both. Last year, most of the season, it was a three-headed committee. Exactly. And the worst kind of three-headed committee because it wasn't, oh, here's the person getting 60% of the touches. Here's the person getting 30% of the touches. And here's the person getting 10% of the touches. It was he goes off one game, he goes off another game, and he goes off a third game, right? Like, that's that's horrible because then one in every three games, sure, your guy's going to give you value, but the other two games, it's not. I mean, looking at the offensive snap percentage averages from these guys, Malcolm Brown, 42% of the snaps on the offense, Darrell Henderson, 33%, and Cam Akers, 32%. Literally yeah. not what you want to see. But no. now you take Akers out of the equation – and you take uh, Brown, who's in Miami know. now, out of the equation. Jake Funk's another guy. Uh, he went to Maryland. He, they drafted him in the seventh round. I don't know if you did any analysis on him, Lucas. No. Um, this past year, so he's going to be a rookie going to the season. He's had two ACL surgeries in the past. When he was healthy, though, on the field for Maryland, he averaged 7.2 yards per carry. Wow. Uh, so, so very impressive from him there. I guess another question mark, will he be healthy uh, and good to go by the time the season starts? And if he does, what's his role going to be? Cause he's mainly a pass catcher too. Yeah. He's one of those guys that you'd throw out there. He's kind of like a Rex Burkhead type build that you'd throw out there and, you know, he'd catch something run up the field for about 10 yards and then, you know, be swapped out for another, you know, bruising back. That's why I think Xavier Jones is the, is the most interesting piece here because yeah. I f- really feel like for free, you could get a guy that's going to get, 12 10 to 12 touches per game and if something happens to henderson 15 plus touches on an average weekly basis per game and you're not paying a thing for him yeah i i agree that's that's tough i mean somebody besides henderson is going to have a significant role and i agree with you that xavier jones is definitely the biggest person to do that we talk about henderson's injury history jones is probably going to be the biggest benefactor of that you know, but it's so hard to say because has Xavier Jones, I mean, he's, he's not a rookie this year, is he? But has he no, played? No, no, no. Yeah, well, I, he said he was on the special teams last year. So that was, and that was the only role. Does he, he have had. any rush attempts in the NFL? Any receptions in the NFL? Good question. Because if he right doesn't, now. and then obviously their seventh round pick from this past year, James Funk, or is that Jake, Jake Funk, doesn't, then. I mean, that's does, impossible to predict. He does not have any counting stats at the NFL level. When was he drafted? What do you, undrafted. Undrafted, but what year? 2020. 2020? Okay. 
So that's two extremely young guys taken at spots, uh, you know, the seventh round undrafted, whatever. It's basically the same thing in my mind at that point. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to possibly predict. Like you can't, you can't predict which one of those guys is going to be better right now. We are going to have to get a clearer picture from the coaching staff, from the preseason, something like that. You can't predict which one of them is going to be better, but which one, whoever is better, I will almost certainly be targeting them at their okay. price much more so than Henderson at his. One of the main ath- athletics beat writers for the Rams, Jordan Rodriguez, came out today and said that Xavier Jones may quietly be one of the Rams' better assets this fall. So they view him as a valuable enough piece. There, I mean, there were things going around that Funk might not have even made the roster, you know, with Akers healthy, like it was going to be Jones that stayed and Funk might not have even been considered, you know, as a guy that could have been on this uh, opening opening week roster. So Jones, again, guy that I'm looking at targeting, owning wherever I can, especially if you can get him for free uh, whenever you draft or if you have him on your waiver wire. Let's talk about another story. Not as I want to, I want to really quick oh. touch on, I, I mentioned the Baltimore Ravens signing another running yeah, back. Yeah. They, uh, what it was, I, and I, it's weird that this headline came up like this. They, they signed their third round pick, which is a defensive back, but he played running back in college oh. for a part of the time. So I don't know why that headline came across like that, whatever I saw, but yeah. So, so no, I think we're good on that front. Unless there's yeah. something that I'm just not finding right now. And we're all going to be super surprised. And then we'll be like, oh, yeah, huh, that happened. But right now, that's what I'm thinking it was. Well, let's let's talk about another situation that's now a little bit murkier than we want it to be. And that's on the Eagles. Apparently, there's a great chance that Ertz remains with the team. There have been rumors wow. swirling for months. Zach Ertz to Buffalo seems like a very likely destination yeah, that been fun. For, for Josh Allen. Absolutely. Just give him another solidified target there in the red zone. I mean, I love Dawson Knox, so I wouldn't like that. But it, it more so of a uh, deep sleeper slash just fun guy sort of way, not necessarily like, oh, I think he's going to be like, I'm going to predict him to be a stud because I'm definitely not. But like, I like the I like taking a shot at him. Well, I want to I want to believe in Dallas Goddard as a possible guy to fill in that top five tight end, you know, with the, with the wasteland that it is, but with Ertz back, I mean, I'm sure Ertz is old and looked bad last year. Like, I mean, he dealt with injuries and uh, it was, it would staying on the field was definitely an issue for him. And I'm almost positive Philadelphia would try to run two tight end sets or maybe even throw Dallas Goddard out wide. They've been Uh, doing that ever since you had Goddard. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Smith, obviously there's your new centerpiece as a, as a pass catcher, Jalen Rieger, what's he going to be? What are we going to see out of him in the second season? Travis Fulgham, remember our little buddy there. What are we going to get out of him? He, mean, was in, he was nothing insane and then nothing again. So is, it's, but it's interesting because he's one of the only big body wide receivers that they have. So you'd yeah. think that they'd probably use him more. I mean, uh, you also have like two tight ends for that very reason, but yeah, then, yes, exactly. But let's say Ertz does stay with the Eagles. A, what does that make of Dallas Goddard in your rankings and in your mind going into the season? And B, Zach Ertz, does he crack your top 20 tight ends? Yeah, I, he'd crack my top 20. Um, but Goddard would probably stay low tight end one and Ertz would probably be mid tight end two. I don't know. I'm sure Jack would be like screaming right now with me saying Ertz is anything less than a tight end one. I'm sure he would have Zach Ertz at like, five Zach, but... the one that made yeah he he's the one that pushed for zach Ertz over darren the... waller ah uh, 
we were, I was Zach or Jack was like, when in the fourth round in that draft, he was like, let's take, let's take Zach Ertz. Let's take Zach Ertz here. I'm like, no, taking Zach Ertz. And it was us two arguing. I was like, no, taking Zach Ertz here is a bad idea. If you want to take a tight end here, take Darren Waller. If you don't want to take Darren Waller, take someone else, you know, take, we'll take, cause they were like, I mean, it's the fourth round. There were still some solid running backs on the board. A lot of really good wide receivers. receivers. Yeah. Yeah. I think Deandre Hopkins. Oh, it was between Deandre Hopkins and Zach Ertz. I wanted to take DeAndre Hopkins. We took Hop. We had Hopkins. Oh, no, no, we missed out on Hopkins on the wraparound. Yeah, because that was the fourth round. Definitely was not in round four. Oh, wasn't it? Okay, maybe not. Maybe round two. Okay, well, then it wasn't between those. But I was, but, but he still pushed for Zach Ertz instead of someone else. I'm like, you know, take Jaron Waller if you want a tight end. But you know, I would have been right. I think. Well, obviously, we lost. Um, Maybe it would have been because of that. Blame Jack on that loss. I mean, if we had had Darren Waller on that team, exactly the same as what it was like we, I mean, what we got like fifth place in that league, like that would have been a big difference maker. We made, we would have made a run. Oh, absolutely. We would have made a I mean, run. Aaron Jones and Zeke, which was the problem, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Zeke fell off and, and Aaron Jones dealt with those injuries. That team was a mess. And we traded for Kenny Galladay when he was at his low oh. point and he came back for a day and then he got hurt again. So that team was an absolute mess. Looking Ew. at my set end rankings, if I were to insert Zach Ertz into here, I don't know if he'd crack my top 20, if we're going to be totally honest. Like, am I putting him over Hunter Henry? No. I think it's similar. Well, I've got Hunter Henry a decent bit higher than you, but no. Oh, I have Henry at 15. Oh, okay. I've got Henry at 13. I wouldn't put him over Henry, no. Would I put him over Tanyan? No. no depending on the Rogers situation, if we're going to hit in, uh, on a, in a second, would I put him over Evan Ingram? That's the question right here. Because I there would. was a, there's a report that came out. I know we talked about it last time. Uh, Giant insider. When I brought up the Sterling Shepard news. Yeah. That the Giants see Kyle Rudolph as like a key part of their offense going to next season. It's like, don't be surprised if Kyle Rudolph, out targets especially in the red zone which makes sense kyle rudolph out targets evan ingram which I have evan once, ingram as tight end thir- 23 right now like i don't I, believe- have, I have him at 18 so it's like you know that's low i would i would probably put him put zacherts right below eric ebron and right above tyler conklin which would put him at tight end 20 do you have kyle rudolph ranked i'm curious no, I don't have him in my rankings. I mean, I, if I, I, I feel like one, one, or one, or at least a few of the weeks throughout the season is going to be a this is a Kyle Rudolph sleeper week. Like oh, it's yeah. going to be one of those things. Like Kyle, Kyle Rudolph, Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph is going to have one or two huge games where he probably has two plus two touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, forty yards and like uh, six catches, but two uh, touchdowns, and he'll finish as a top three or top five tight end like twice. Yep. I'd bet, I'd bet money on that. And then aside from that, like he'll have either games of getting 10 points or he'll have games of getting two points. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it'll all come together to put him as an overall. And this is why you can't trust overall rankings at the end of the season. He'll probably finish. If he had two, two touchdown games with that many points, he'd probably, you know, and he consistently got in the end zone a decent amount. Otherwise than that, let's give him, let's give him eight touchdowns. He'd probably finish as a, mid-tier tight end two oh no he'd be top 15 100 with eight touchdowns he'd yeah. probably be top 12. yeah maybe he'd probably finish as a as a as a high-end tight end too again he'll have like a one percent ownage rate so listen if you're listening to this right now kyle rudolph don't say we didn't tell you 
because we're telling you right now. Uh, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, because why not? Aaron Rodgers is and always will be in the news as long as he is not with the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Apparently, the Packers offered him a two-year extension that would have made him the highest paced quarterback in the league. Yeah. Yep. And, and he said, nah, fam, I'm good. So it's not about the money. And no. it's not about the money. Then I am now not about the security. Cause that's the big, that's, that's, that's one question that was answered. Cause is it the security because they drafted Jordan love. And so he might've been unhappy because he felt like his job wasn't secure. Obviously to them, his job is secure. Now I, it's so much deeper than, it's, than it's, all of them. And this is like even worse because, and, and this is kind of what I expected, but like knowing that for sure is even worse. Cause that means it is, an or a flaw organizationally because what person turns down what quarterback turns down the chance to be the highest paid quarterback right that, that's I mean, like it's, it's that kind really of not about like it's not about money you would not like, get that kind of money anywhere else no not not at his age you know and and so that's like that's crazy you know it's it's crazy that he would turn that down because you know it's it's it, i mean that really means he does not like the packers organization and that's a way bigger problem. So with that all being said, I really, I think there's an 80% chance that Aaron Rodgers does not play for the Packers next season. I really don't. Devontae yep. Adams, I still have him as my wide receiver. Five. five. I think I moved him down to five. I'm really, I, you guys talked about it. Obviously it would have been a better pick now. Aaron Jones, you said he still could finish top 10. I need to see Jordan Love, you know, obviously we're not going to be able to see him, but I feel like that offense is going to struggle to move you know, the I ball. Mean, Aaron Jones will drop in my rankings from RB4, which is where I have him now. He'll he'll probably drop to... Like, I'll ask RB. you, like, uh, before you even say this, because cause this could change exactly what you're saying, would you rather have, at that point, an offense run by Jordan Love with Aaron Jones or Zeke, who's getting Dak back? Zeke. I've, I only, I've got Zeke one spot below Aaron Jones anyway. Okay. All right. So good. So we start there. Would you rather have Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb? That's, that's really where I'm starting to ask the question. I think it's I, Nick Chubb. I'd probably go Chubb. My, my bigger question is Zeke or, or, or Jones or Barkley. That's it's Saquon. I have Barkley at RB nine. And so my question is, I need a Saquon. Huh? I need I need a healthy Saquon Barkley because sure. that report came out too that he's like oh, I don't know yeah about oh. week one a little little eh. but uh, and and the problem with that is we we know the Giants offensive line isn't great and the Giants offense I still think is meh I think it's middle of the pack so picking up Devontae Booker as your handcuff to Saquon Barkley and saying I've you know Saquon's out I've got the next you know lead handcuff like Booker's not an RB one. If Saquon misses time, he's a low end RB two in that offense, which Probably. is what Wayne Maybe Gallman was. If he gets enough touches, right? Well, yeah, and that's what May Wayne Gallman was, and Wayne Gallman was that because he got so many attempts in the red zone yeah. that he was able to punch in one to two touchdowns per game yeah. that he was starting. But like Wayne Gallman is the ceiling of what any Giants running back could be that isn't Saquon Barkley for fantasy football next season. Absolutely, absolutely. And at that point, it's like, yeah, I'll take Booker to back up Saquon in case I lose Saquon for the season, but I, I wouldn't start Booker week one. I don't know who the giants play week one off the top of my head, but I wouldn't start him week one. If Saquon were to miss week one, if that's in question right now, 
Yeah, that's I mean, that's pretty rough. I, I would probably put Aaron Jones at RB nine. I'd probably have him one spot above Saquon Barkley, one spot below Nick Chubb. That's fair. I think that's a good spot for him. You know, I, I think that and the Nick Chubb one is so tough for me just because he's really not a PPR back. And that always scares me to, to in PPR to go with a guy who was going to get almost no receptions. But Nick Chubb just produces so well. That offensive line is just so good. Whereas Saquon Barkley has a bad offensive line, has a offense that we all still expect to be middle of the road, you know, at best, right? Because I, I don't, I'm not a Daniel Jones believer, you no, know, never no. have been. Or and, and well, so last year I was. you were, you were last year, but I, I, I never was. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the tough thing. You know, that's, that's where you're looking at with Saquon and he'll produce cause he's Saquon Barkley. He, you're going to be, he's going to be a little bit more up and down than you would want from your RB one. Right. I, I think he'll have some really big games obviously, but I think his lows are going to be lower than a lot of the other guys above him. That being said, at the end of the year, it'll probably all average out to be pretty darn good because Saquon Barkley is still so talented. He's so there good. Have it. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's move on from this whole situation here and talk about me. Cause I always love talking about me. Uh-huh. Let's okay. talk about, yeah, let's talk about the league uh, where I hinted to earlier that I made a few trades and that a few trades went down that we didn't really get to break down in the last podcast when I talked about the actual draft that happened. Uh, so four trades have happened since last recording. I have made two of them because, of course, I drafted Cam Akers and needed some uh, the cavalry to come in. I really needed some help with this team. And I thought I did a pretty decent job. And I won't say that I'm done making moves because I still think there's a few things I have to do. The first trade that came in the day after the draft which is so questionable was this guy sons in four. Sorry for that. Uh, traded Austin Eckler away for Devonte Adams. Straight up, straight up. And that, well, that pisses me off because he drafted two picks in front of me and took Austin Eckler and could have honestly had anyone. You know, Adams. Yeah. He could have had Devonte Adams. if He really wanted it, but like I wanted Austin Eckler. So why did you take him? I could have had Saquon or Austin Eckler at my pick if they were there, which is very unfortunate. Uh, so that trade happened. Obviously, the person that, that got Austin Eckler wins because... Yeah. Positional I mean, value? Seriously, that uh, that person's running back core at the moment is... Oh, and then they Well, they're the one that made the other trade. Okay. So after getting Austin Eckler, the same team or the other team... Okay. The person that Suns and Four got Austin Eckler, that's what it was. The person Nick traded uh, for Devontae Adams. And then Nick made the trade where he was giving away Cortland Sutton, J.K. Dobbins, and Corey Davis for Amari Cooper, Mike Davis, and Debo Samuel. What's his running back core? So he this, loves J.K. Dobbins and Austin Eckler? This, no, this guy's running back core is Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Mike Davis. He still has Austin Eckler? Yes, I missed. Oh, this is the, the guy other... who traded for Austin Eckler. Yes, yes. Got it. So, and his wide receiving core is Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, and Debo Samuel, which is very questionable. I, hope I, mean, those... I, love, I like to start. I I, dis, I mean, Debo Samuel, I think, as your wide receiver three is rough. but This guy's team is nice, though. His quarterback is Josh Allen. He has okay. those three wide receivers. Again, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Mike Davis is your that's top good. running that's, back. That's good. Tyler Higby is your tight end. That's where you're lacking, but I still think Tyler Higby has a chance to crack that top 12. 
His backup quarterback is Tannehill, who should be my starting quarterback, this guy. And then some of his sleepers include Jerry Judy, Jalen Rieger, and he has the handcuff for the Dalvin Cook owner in Madison and the handcuff for the Giants, whoever took Saquon and Devontae Booker. So his team, I think, is pretty solid all around. I mean, you got I mean, Debo Samuel as your wide receiver three is the only sketch part of it. Interchangeable with Jerry Judy, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers, because if he goes to Denver, then you have another wide receiver too. Yeah, or if Teddy Bridgewater is the starter, I think Jerry Judy really is going to be a top 24 guy. So Right. So, I mean, I like this guy's team a lot. So those were the two trades. I thought he won both of those trades, giving away Adams, getting Austin Eckler, regardless of what happens with Aaron Rodgers. And then trading away Sutton, who I still like, and Dobbins. Like Dobbins, like looking at this trade side by side, would you rather have Sutton or Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper. 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 Would you rather have J.K. Dobbins or Mike Davis? Mm, Mike Davis. All right, for me, it's Mike Davis. I have Dobbins, but it's very close. Davis one spot ahead of Dobbins, so that's why I give him the little edge. And would you rather have Corey Davis or Debo Samuel? Debo, Debo, Debo. Close. But I'd rather have Debo, and if that you're taking a shot either way, right? And that for me gives this guy all the edges with his entire trade. So, I mean, kudos to this guy for knowing how to work the the trade. I guess I technically have Corey Davis above Debo Samuel, but that's just because I have a lot of Jets receivers at that same range. Because I just I don't know what to make of that situation right now. But because of that, I'd rather have Debo. I have Elijah Moore. I think. Right now, if not the highest, second highest for the Jets. Yeah. Corey Davis, I think I have first, Mims third, Crowder fourth. I really I, I think Crowder gets cut personally. They already cut his money in half. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut. Interesting. Especially after last season. He was so good. He was good with what he needed to do. He was good because he was the guy. Yeah. You know, there was no there, there was a safety blanket underneath. I think there's gonna be other options for for Wilson to go to this season. Uh, and then, of course, I had to make the move. I dropped Cam Akers, picked up Kenneth Gainwell. I'm not mad at that. No, I love that. I love that. You know how much I love Kenneth Gainwell, and I've been seeing some love on fantasy football Twitter for about Kenneth Gainwell, which I have loved. Like, I think he is clearing away the receiving back there. I really think you're going to see a Darren Sproles-esque use of him this year. And that's fine by me. That is a like I'm getting. He's my fifth running back now on this team, so I'll I'll take what I can get for that. Uh, and then I, and then I picked up Xavier Jones, just got an empty roster spot. And then I made two trades at the exact minute, two Oh five. These both went down. I traded away Antonio Brown. I had to, I had to make a move here. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to touch my wide receiving core of Tyree kill CD lamb and Robbie Anderson. I had to keep that together. I was yeah. not touching that. So Antonio Brown was obviously the option that had to go. So I had to trade him away and I traded him away for Melvin Gordon, which I don't love. I didn't love it. My plan right now, and I'm going to do this before people are hearing this, is trade Melvin Gordon away because I took Antonio Brown in the end of the eighth round. Melvin Gordon in this league was selected at the beginning of the sixth round. So if I can push that value that Gordon is a sixth round pick on people, I think I can... You know, you know, people that trade a bottle of sand for a Tesla on TikTok that you see people yeah. just work their yeah, way yeah. up from trading yeah. nothing into like a house. Uh, I'm going to try to do that with Melvin Gordon. Look, and, I mean, uh, I don't I don't hate Melvin Gordon. I mean, I know, but but I, don't I love him. He's my RB three. Yeah, I've been moving lower and lower on him 
as reports of Javante Williams, you know, right. the starter come out, you know, even though we haven't heard anything in a minute, preseason, I think will be pretty telling for that situation, I hope. Um, but, you know, I'm still right now clinging on to a little bit of belief, a little bit, don't know how much, but a little bit that Melvin Gordon will, will be the main starter, at least for the first half of the season, while Williams, who is still like 20 years old, he's super young, you know, is, is learning a little bit, so... Like maybe I can move Melvin Gordon in a smaller piece for Kareem Hunt and then either keep him Hunt as my RB3 or just continually work my way up the ladder. We'll see with that. And then the second trade that I made is one that you already know. And I traded away. I, I like these two guys too because I made a team of guys that I like. Obviously, I'm, I'm behind these guys, but I just had to make a move to build my roster. So I traded away Darnell Mooney and Michael Carter yeah. for Travis Etienne. And I don't think, honestly, we've talked enough or really at all about Travis Etienne on this podcast. I have him one spot below Melvin Gordon in my rankings, but I mean, that could soon change. People, people are saying he's the discount Christian McCaffrey. People are saying that he's going to have 90 catches next year. Obviously one of the things that I've talked about in the past is how many pieces on this Jaguars offense. Can we really trust to be fantasy relevant? Like how, how much are they really going to, to, to improve from the worst record in the league, one of the worst offenses in the league last season, obviously you're adding Trevor Lawrence, right? Big step up. You hope you hope, but he's still a rookie quarterback. I don't you're, know. Adding, you're adding Travis Etienne. All right. Is he your starting running back? Is he going to be one of your star pass catching running backs? Still going to have to see you added Marvin Jones into this offense, not a wide receiver one. I still don't think you have a le- solidified legitimate wide receiver one. You've got like the jet situation, like what, what they did kind of build around wide receiver twos with Chark and Chenault and Jones all together. But maybe Travis Etienne can really have a role for himself here. And if he can prove early on to be a great pass catcher for them and show strides in the run game. I mean, the Jaguars wasted nothing on James Robinson, which is, it sucks to say because Robinson was so good last year and deserved so much more than he was given. Uh, but they don't lose out on anything, no draft capital, nothing. If they make Etienne the starter, if anything, it just makes them look smarter because they just use their first round pick on a guy that's ultra, ultra productive for their offense. So I have Travis Etienne. I haven't moved him in my rankings. This is where he's been. He's been at 21 for a while now. Uh, yeah, that's that's really high. And I, cause I really think the receptions are going to be there, like legitimately be there. Yeah. Um, and when I say be there, I'm talking like I expect them to run two RB sets. Like, why would they not? If they have Etienne and Robinson, why would you not run two RB sets? Like 12 touches per game for Etienne with half of those at least being receptions, you're going to get 10 points a game easily, easily, oh, easily. Oh, more than um, so like I discount Christian McCaffrey, he'd be an RB2 yeah. version of Christian McCaffrey. So I'll take that as my RB2. So now my roster is looking like this. I have Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers' situation we already talked about. I've heard some people in my league may be interested in him. I'll, I'll see what I can do there, but I do want a solidified backup. I saw something. Kirk Cousins has, like, one of the easiest quarterback schedules for the first five or six weeks of the season, so maybe I can swindle my in, way into trading Aaron Rodgers for Kirk Cousins and maybe another wide receiver just so I can have another wide receiver piece on this team uh, and then just ride out Cousins until I feel comfortable starting Joe Burrow. Wide receivers, like I said, Tyree Kill, C.D. Lamb, Robbie Anderson, running backs, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, Melvin Gordon. Those are the starters. 
tight end. Of course, I got Kyle Pitts. So this team really is a little bit reliant on the rookies because when you look at the bench, I have Rashad Bateman as my wide receiver four right now. I have Kenneth Gainwell and my wide receiver five is Amon Ross St. Brown. So I'm banking on the same rookie production like we saw last year. Uh, and I also have Trey Lance as my third quarterback, just yeah, to see wow. what happens in the preseason. Uh, but I'm I'm banking on some big rookie production. What do you think of that team right now? From what I started with, I know you wanted me to take Aaron Jones and I didn't. Uh, but what I have right now scares the crap out of me, Shane. Does it really? It scares the. I mean, any time your team is that reliant on rookies, it's going to scare the living daylight out of me. I don't care where the heck I have them in my rankings. I don't care how much I love Rashad Bateman and Kenneth Gainwell and how good we think Kyle Pitts is going to be. When you have all those rookies working together, I mean, most rookies don't produce in their first year. They, they just don't, you know, every once in a while you get an exception where you have a superstar rookie doing same things, right? Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Justin Jefferson. But most of the time, even if they produce, it's to middling amounts or they just don't produce in their rookie year or they're not played like we expect them to be played or X, Y, and Z, right? That's, I, I don't, I don't, and, and you get so caught up in like the hype around rookies, right? Because, oh, they're new, they're shiny. You know, they have a lot of potential. You know, you hear all these things from how they played in college and, and all this stuff where they were taken in the draft. But at the end of the day, most of them statistically in the past have not produced. Would you trade Aaron Rodgers for Kirk Cousins and Naheem Hines? Yes. I think I might try to pull that I would off. trade Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I don't know if I'd say I'd trade him for Kirk Cousins straight up right now, but like I, I just it Aaron Rodgers scares me, especially with your team that's so reliant on on rookie pieces. Yeah. Naeem Hines is going to be a, a you, or I'd hope he'd be a 10 point a game guy. Would uh, you trade, would you trade Aaron Rodgers and hold on? Would you trade Aaron Rodgers and Gronk for Kirk Cousins and Zach Moss? Yes, yes. Not even in a heartbeat. You know how much I love Zach Moss. I know. I'm going to try to do that right now. I just sent it. We'll see. Well, he I, doesn't have a backup tight end and his starter is Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, looking at some... His starter is what? His starter is Kirk Cousins. He has no his other quarterback. quarterback. So Who's his backup quarterback? None. Oh, so why would... Can, because there's still... I'll, I mean, the quarterback's available on waivers. You have Carson Wentz still on waivers. Oh, boy, I'd be picking him up. Carson Wentz is on waivers. Tua's on waivers. Derek Carr is on waivers. Like, he's got other options. So, and, and I'll have options, too. Because, you know, if I trade Aaron Rodgers away... Oh, I actually really don't need it because I'm getting Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I just sent that trade. We'll see. I'll update yeah. the people. Uh, but that's my team. And of course, I've got another draft coming up this weekend. Our second. Don't follow-up. take Cam Akers. Huh? Don't take Cam Akers this I time. I won't take Cam Akers. No, but guess what? What? I'm drafting in the exact same spot, randomized as I was in the last draft. So I have the that 10th 10? pick again. Yep. So I'm so so from what you heard from the team and the draft board that I just went through on the last podcast and today, what would you do within the first five rounds if you had the 10th pick and we're drafting today? Um, I'd probably go run RB, RB, depending on who's on the board, you know, because that's the problem. Now that Cam Akers is down, that's one less top guy, right? Let's here, I'll pull up my board right now and I'll read you guys that are just available. So you're, you have the 10th pick, guys that are available, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Aaron Jones, I think I should stop there because you'd take Aaron Jones, right? Yeah. 
So you take Aaron Jones' 10th pick. Now you come on the wraparound. We'll say Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, and Antonio Gibson have gone. Now what do you do? Who's who's left on the board? That would be you'd so, probably I mean, So we got we got running backs that are available, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Clyde, if you wanted to pull him up that much. No, because I've got DeAndre Swift and Miles Gaskin as my next two running backs on my board. So I wouldn't right. do that. As do I. So that would then I would go what you have Devontae Adams still available. You do. You have yes. Calvin Ridley still available. You have, you have DeAndre Hopkins still available. You have Darren Waller still available. He is, yeah. Or George Kittle. I take one of those two. George Kittle or Darren Waller. So let's say we start off with Aaron Jones, Darren Waller. Boom. There's your first two picks. You get into the third round now. Third round. There you are again. DeAndre Swift is there. Miles Gaskins there. Amari Cooper, David Montgomery, Mike Davis. I take DeAndre Swift. So you take Swift. All right. So there we go. So now we got two running backs and a tight end. The people that go after that. Cooper, Montgomery, Gaskin, Davis are gone. So now you're looking at all those wide receivers, those big-time wide receivers that could be wide receiver one, C.D. Lamb, Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, they're all there. I take Cooper Cup. Over C.D. Lamb? I have Cooper Cup one spot above C.D. Lamb. Oh, wow. Yep. I love Cooper Cup for the year. I really do. But, yeah, C.D. Lamb's a good pick there as well. I mean, that's a tough one for me. So, all right, so now we have a team. Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, RB1-2. Tight end one is Darren Waller. Wide receiver one is Cooper Cup. You're That's feeling a, good so far. Yeah. All right, let's get to round five. Now you're picking again. Players available on the board. Quarterbacks already made a run. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Dak. Not all those guys are gone. Yep. Now you have Kyle Pitts, Chase Edmonds, Brandon Ayuk, Claypool, Galladay, Robbie Anderson, T. Higgins, Sutton, Etienne, Williams. All those guys are there. I mean, I think Rob, Robbie Anderson would still be there like later, though, wouldn't he? Robbie Anderson, I wouldn't stretch my luck past round six. Like round would. six for Robbie Anderson is my cutoff. That's the last stop. Train's leaving the station. I'm taking Robbie Anderson round six every single time. I can't risk it. I Then, then who would you do in round five? Well, with this, so you built a team now, two running backs. I'd probably want to go wide receiver, wide receiver. So yeah. I would go with T. Higgins and Robbie Anderson back to back. That's a good one. I'd probably go Brandon Ayuk and Robbie Anderson, but yeah. Okay. I just I I think T. Higgins could be this year's DK. Oh, oh absolutely agree. I love I love T. Higgins. I have him at 27. I have Ayuk at uh, 22. So look at that team that we just built. We have Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Cooper Cup, Robbie Anderson, Brandon Ayuk slash T. Higgins, and Darren Waller. Round I mean, seven, eight, I would come a- back. Round seven, eight, I would probably take Tannehill. Yeah, I mean, I'd take Zach Moss, one of those two. It's, there you go. As you an RB3. Stafford slash Tannehill and then Zach Moss. Yeah. And that's your team through round eight. Yep, and I love that. That's a good-looking team. I like that a lot. What uh, A series that I'll, I'll preview to people here that I want to do before the season starts is exactly what we just did right here with two different teams side-by-side, side, picking with the same pick and seeing which team comes out better to not only give you guys an idea of where players are going, but what you can do with roster construction in a draft because you can really do anything that you want. Yep. Instead of taking Jones pick one, we could have taken Travis Kelsey, gotten the number one tight end, come back in the second round, and then maybe Jones would have went and Antonio Gibson would have fallen to us. Yep. So it's like, would you rather Darren Waller or Jones or Travis Kelsey and Antonio Gibson? And then yeah. we'll take the teams from there 
and see what we can make out of it. I think that'd be a fun series. I think it'd give people a lot of insight into what people are doing in drafts and also give people a great idea uh, as, as to value because Darrell Henderson definitely would have went between round five and six in this draft if things would have been differently today. The entire yep. board would have been shaken up if I didn't take Cam Akers where I did and I, and I took Gibson instead. Because then that would have probably taken a different running back or a wide receiver. You said everything, every pick has a ripple effect in the draft. You know, I was going to go on a long spiel here and Lucas just gave me the times up. We're I'm three sorry. minutes over, so. I'm sorry. All right, I'll wrap okay. it up here. Thank you all for joining us today on the Fantasy Football Laboratory. If you have any questions, again, our DMs are always open on Twitter at FF Laboratory, always posting great content on there as well, as well as TikTok. You can check us out at FF Laboratory. I did a whole video today breaking down Xavier Jones and why you should not leave your draft without him, or if he's available on your waiver wire, why you should be running, not walking to pick him up right now you can also check out our website fflaboratory.com we have so much great stuff on there breakouts bust sleepers you can now enter the lab and see that everything that we are thinking heading into the 2021 nfl fantasy football season we also have articles coming out every single week you can read our latest article right now why Najee harris should be a first round pick yes first round pick in your league take a look what? at that one let us know your Ooh, thoughts i'm gonna take a look at that one you should you should it's a good read Wait, who wrote it? Did you write it? No, we got some new writers coming in. So it's going to be a good time. We got a lot more content coming out for all you guys out there. For the not here chemist Jack McGrath, Spitfire Lucas Parrish, I'm the King of Trade, Shane Palma. Have a great day.